a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And as you know, as it has been happening lately, because Jimmy has a, has a calling, has a vocation outside of the church, in addition to what he does here at the church, that sometimes interrupts our schedule. Now, we don't want that to interrupt uh, us giving you guys the good stuff. So while Jimmy couldn't be here, we decided to bring on one of our close friends, uh, a good brother. You guys uh, have, have met him on the podcast before. Many of you already know him online, but uh, that is uh, Jason. All good, all good. That's who that is. And Jason, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm I'm glad to be the substitute podcast wife, I guess, for the day. Uh, you know what? With that <laughs> attitude, you just might be the podcast wife, you know? Jimmy doesn't have that attitude I could, about it. I could never, I could never replace Jimmy. His his hair and his beard are so much grander than mine. Yeah, no, nobody can replace Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy is irreplaceable. Oh, I miss him. Now you're gonna make me sad. You know, just yeah, thinking yeah. about him. Hey, you've seen him more recently than I have. I think it's been like oh, three years since I've yeah. seen him in person. So yeah, yeah, I. Uh, he I, is I a good brother, though. I so yeah, on, yeah. So I'm on Sunday. That was yeah. good. What uh, what's going on over there? You got uh, anything cool happening over there? In uh, all the good, all the good, all the good. Is it all? That's Alagood, right? That's why it's, it's Alagood. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So what's yeah. going on in, yeah. in Alagood land? Anything fun? Well, yeah. So our uh, daughter just got married a couple weeks ago, uh, October fifteenth. So uh, we're excited about that. And her uh, new husband is a great guy, and they're living like two minutes away from us. And right. Um, is he better yeah, than? Really cool. Is he better than her old husband? Oh, I know. I said new husband. Yeah. <laughs> Her only husband, her but he is her new husband. So. He is, yeah. So that's it, cool. it is true. Yeah, yeah. So no, he's a good guy. He's a plumbing apprentice. So oh, sweet. Uh, no lack of work for yeah. him. Uh, and then uh, yeah, and then our uh, other daughter, who's actually older than the daughter who just got married, Aubrey just got married. Karis is going to be getting married in April. So our son got married in June, um, and then Aubrey got married. Our son Jonah, I should say his name, married in June. Uh, his wife Madeline. Uh, then Aubrey and Tucker got married October 15th, and then Karis and Trevor uh, get married uh, April 8th. So all of them Man. in under a year. Now you know what's yeah. next. So You know what's next. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Grandparents. That's what's next. That's You're going to be grandpa. I know. We're we're excited, uh, waiting excitedly for, for that. That's so. going to be fun, man. Um, yeah. And then, of course, the church is uh, it's moving on. We're, we're a, lot of, a lot of new folks showing up on Sunday mornings, and God's cool. been so gracious to us uh, in that way, and and uh, lots of uh, young families, and lots of uh, folks with good wisdom that have been a part of our church, just enjoying that. And um, and then uh, in two weeks, I'll be in Denver for ETS, uh, presenting a paper there, and getting to see a lot of guys and gals that I appreciate and look up to in the in the academic world. So that's going to be a lot of fun. In fact, I just saw today on the schedule uh, that John Walton is going to be there. Remember, John was oh, yeah. at moody back in our day there and uh so i'll be glad to catch up with him and say hi at least i he he always remembers me which is amazing no he has he has a great memory for that i never took him for a class but i i I, i'm an early riser so i would get up early and go down i had breakfast with him like every morning are you serious yeah and we would chat he was super chill super cool he still remembers me i never had him for a class he still remembers isn't that amazing i had him for one class at moody and every time I reach out to him, hey, you remember me? He's like, oh yeah, of course, Jason. How you doing? You know, he is yeah. a super smart, really good, gracious guy. So yeah, just a big brain. Like even when you disagree with your professors, right? When they're at that mm-hmm. level, and they're and they're like yeah. humble, they're like cool. It's just like I just just so much to appreciate. I uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of respect. Absolutely, for that. that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. So well, well we're here. Uh, I'm at Redeemer Fellowship the Church Building, and. Um, as our listeners know, we've got some remodeling going on because uh, in a couple of days, we're back here after almost two years, back here That's in great. our sanctuary. It's all fixed up, looking good. All the kids' rooms, spiffy, painted, clean, all the, the sanctuary. Like, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Everybody, everybody's excited. Of course, there are some things that they're not going to like, you know. Not everybody's um, – so some people aren't going to like certain color choices or whatever. Right, I, had, uh, I had a deacon telling me, that uh, she's like, really? That's the offering box now? And I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's the most awesome offering box you'll ever see in your life. She goes, mm, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I know. 
I'm not asking. I'm telling. <laughs> it's the best offer. Look at that offering box. It's great. So anyway, but no, everybody's cool and uh, really excited for it. So that's that's the the new thing that's going on here as well. And then it's just you know normal ministry stuff, man. Uh, yeah, people sure. flourishing, people failing, uh, people hurting, uh, people going through uh, times of great joy, and uh, and so that is, there's a lot of, of that going on here, and I'm sure I know the same going on there at Fellowship. So, Fellowship Absolutely. Bible Church, Peoria, Illinois, everybody. That's right. If you're ever right. in Peoria, yeah. man, you got to go and eat some, get, get some fried chicken over there at that place, time, and then uh, yeah. be sure to worship with uh, with Jason and the family there. Yeah, cool. I, I, I imagine, I, I often think as I'm singing on Sunday morning, what if I were to get up in the pulpit and Joe Thorne is just sitting in the uh, sanctuary there, you know, uh, That's gonna re- happen. ready to worship with us? <laughs> That's going to happen. I'm going to just show up. I'm going to do the old Baptist thing, though. Joe, since you're here, come on up and uh, <laughs> give us, give us so a sermon. Funny. <laughs> it's so funny. I You know, because we're Southern Baptists, right? And um, yeah. So it's Southern, if you're not a Southern Baptist, uh, what, you, what you may not know is uh, in the past, anyway, some of this is changing. There, regionally, you would have what's called a director of missions. That title is different now. Mm-hmm. But this is the guy that basically works to connect and network within all of the local Southern Baptist churches, get them working together, cooperating. You got meetings for the people that are in that local association. So it's just sort of like the, the, the grand poobah of the local association, keeping everything. He's a preacher. He's an equipper. He does all that. And some of them are horrible, and some of them are amazing. Anyways, um, so but when those guys show up at a Southern Baptist church, typically you got to recognize them. You got to be like, hey, everybody, just want everybody to know, brothers here. You at least bring them up on stage, let them say a few things. Uh, I've never done that in uh, <laughs> a couple of decades. Of he shows up, he's like anybody else. Uh, yeah, no, yep, don't for sure. <laughs> just yeah. not gonna do it. <laughs> If you showed up, uh, it was funny. We had, um, uh, if somebody shows up or if, if I know they're coming, I might ask them, you know, if, if they want to be a part of something, uh, if, especially if, sure. you know, if we have a good connection. But Thomas Terry from Beautiful Eulogy years ago was like, hey, uh-huh. man, I'm going to be in town. I'm going to come worship with you. And I said, cool. Guess what else you're doing? Spoken word right before communion. Yes. Uh, and he was like, yeah. I'm down. Oh, it was great. Our no, people, it's awesome, man. Our people loved it. They absolutely That's loved it. Great. We had these little old yeah. white ladies coming up to him saying, "That was preaching. That was just amazing." Yeah. They just they just loved it. Every everybody thought it was great. That's really cool. That's really cool. Well, it's not all it's not all fun. It's not all sunshine and roses and yeah. bubble gum and unicorns yeah. and rainbows. Sometimes uh, we get criticism as pastors, yeah. and uh, that's what Jason and I wanted to talk about today. And because it's not just pastors that get criticized. I mean, if, if everybody gets criticized at work, at home, um, and but if, if you're doing any kind of ministry at all at the church or if you're serving in the church, you're going to get criticism there. Um, and we thought we would talk a little bit about criticism and how to respond to it, right? Because criticism really isn't the problem. Like you're going to get criticized and sometimes it'll be fair and sometimes it'll be ridiculous and unfair. But what makes criticism really uh, damaging is when you don't know how to respond to it in a good way. So uh, Jason and I are going to talk a little bit about like ways in which we want to respond to criticism, ways in which we think you should respond to criticism. These aren't new. These aren't uh, our own sort of things. These are things you that anyone would tell you that has you know, lived long enough to learn from criticism. So we want to encourage you guys uh, to consider some of these things as well. But uh, Jason, um, before we even get into it, can you think of a time when you were really like impacted by criticism? And it could have been fair or it could have been totally unfair. Can you think of a time when you were like, yeah, that's a, that's a heavy one to, to deal with? Yeah, I... <clears throat> used to be in youth ministry, uh, and uh, a lot of people have opinions about what youth ministry and how <laughs> you should minister to students. And, and you everybody, <laughs> you could have no kids, they'll have an opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So at our former church in St. Louis, when we first got there, uh, a change had been made by the elders before we even got there. Um, so we we had nothing to do with that decision other than to say, like, we think this is a good decision for you to make this change before we come on staff. And within six months, we were being criticized for the decision that was made before we ever got there. Yeah. And uh, I mean, so much so, Joe, that it, it, it 
we had to have like a meeting with all the students and all the parents. And of course, everybody shows up, even people whose kids come to church on Sunday, but they're not involved in youth group on Wednesday night. And they have an opinion. And it's like, your kids aren't even here yeah. for youth ministry, you know? And, and some of those were the most vocal critics. Mm. And um, I mean, I was young. I was like 25. Yeah. And uh, I'd been in full-time ministry for like three years and still super green. And so I kind of, at one point in the meeting, just kind of had to turn to one of my elders and said, his name was Bruce. Bruce, I, I need you to take this, man, because I don't even know where to go with this at, the, at this point. So what I was doing was appealing to somebody who, in my mind, and, and probably true, had more authority and more wisdom and more history with these folks. He had a greater relationship than I did because I had barely been there. Uh, but yeah, that was, you know, for a young guy, that was pretty impactful. Mm. Uh, by the way, footnote, uh, you might see dogs running in the background. My dogs Good. are down in the basement with me. So just if you hear anything uh, crazy, that's them. <laughs> I like your dogs. Your dogs are cool, man. <clears throat> yeah, they're good dogs. But yeah, yeah. so that's, uh, that's one time that kind of stands out in my mind. Yeah, the, 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 well, the, one of the ones that stands out for me is my first pastorate. I was uh, a, still a seminary student pastoring in central Kentucky, very, very small church, like 30 people, country church, town, mm -hmm. town of less than 1,000 people. Mm -hmm. And uh, but a family that no longer went to the church began spreading rumors about oh. me and my wife criticizing us. They were not true, uh, but it was just devastating to her mm -hmm. and to, to be mm -hmm. attacked by people that, you're, that are supposed to be your family. Um, and maybe that wasn't so much criticism as much as it was slander, but uh, sure. it certainly it certainly stood out. And we had to learn to respond to that on the fly. And yeah, same. We were. We were very young and, and very green and in a pastoral role. So, all right, well, let's start with uh, Proverbs 15, uh, verses 31 through 33, just to sort of orient us all. Uh, Proverbs 15 says, The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom, and humility comes before honor. And that, those are great verses to really meditate on when you're dealing with criticism, when people are pushing back, uh, you know, and you know, you've heard people say like, turn your critics into coaches and all that stuff and all that's fine, but you have to think through it a little bit more uh, thoroughly, I think, and deeply than that. So let's start with this. Number one, I'll, I'll start. Um, when you are criticized, I think one of the most important things to keep in, in mind is to, is to try to be teachable in that moment, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, don't get defensive. Like the, the, the first thing most of us want to do when we're criticized is to defend ourselves. Well, there's a reason why I'm doing, or like, like you're to understand. And so as soon as we're defensive, we're not listening. You know, we're, uh, we're, we're just responding or reacting in the moment. And we're in that moment, we're not teachable. And I think it's important because, and let, let me know what you think. I think it's important because whether they're right or wrong, whether it's just perception or whether it's reality, there's something that probably needs to change on my part. Now, if it's an attack, because mm -hmm. some people perceive things and maybe it's not real, but like I might be responsible for having communicated something that isn't real. So there might be something that you can change that you need to change anyways. But even if it is an attack, even if somebody is really coming after you and they just have a critical spirit, it's not that you gave the wrong impression as much as they're just being awful. Um, you want to be teachable in this moment because you're ultimately not, you don't just want to establish yourself as being in the right. You want to actually minister to that person who's coming at you with a criticism. So I think, I think teachability and um, just avoiding defensiveness, like you can, you might have to defend yourself, but don't start there. Start with an openness right. to what's being said. Let's consider their criticism. Um, you know, is, is there any way in which they're right? Is there any way in which they're wrong? We'll talk a little bit about that later. But what, what do, you, do, you, do you agree that like not, not being defensive, at least on the front end, is an important part of yeah. hearing criticism? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, again, in my youth, I think I would have, and even this is true, I'm thinking about even in marriage when yeah. our spouses come to us with something, um, the, more of a communication principle is listening to understand and, like you said, be teachable. And uh, there's a humility, I think, that that expresses and displays and uh, gives example of in, in our hearts as well. Because if I'm being defensive, 
Um, like you said, I'm not listening. I'm, I'm seeking to come up with that defense on the fly. Um, and, uh, you know, you've heard the expression, uh, and the listeners have to, you know, pick the flowers, leave the weeds or eat the meat, spit out the bones, uh, listening for those places where they may be right. And, um, that is, um, is humility. So rather than how I express it sometimes to people I counsel is rather than, if there's five things somebody's bringing to you and two of those things aren't true, but three are, don't focus on the two that aren't true, at least yeah. not at first. Right. Focus on the three that are and say, you know, you're right. Um, because maybe it's um, just kind of thinking through a, a scenario. Maybe it's that the thing that you're doing is not what they're criticizing. Maybe they're criticizing the way it was communicated. Right. And you take it as, well, they're criticizing the thing or they're criticizing me. And uh, perhaps it's, hey, you know what, you're right. I could have communicated that better. Right. And, um, um, you know, so, so when, when you uh, hear, when you're hearing that person and they, and they're, they're hearing that you're hearing, they're, they're grasping that. Um, it helps when you then later, as you said, come back and say, now I have to disagree with these two over here. Uh, whatever the, the the criticism may be, um, or maybe you don't address that at all. You just address those three out of five, and right. that kind of settles it. It could, so, right? Yeah. It could just be as simple as you know, if they have five things. Listen, here's where I I, I really hear you, and I, and I want to respond to these three things that you said. You might not need to address those other ones, or you might need to because they might think, oh, they're just avoiding the other ones, you know, altogether. Mm-hmm. It sort of depends, mm-hmm. and that's why you know you, you the way you said it was to to listen to understand. Right. Like mm-hmm. that, you know, as, as, as a yep. second means of responding, it's not just listening for the break in their complaint so that you can respond. It's listening to understand exactly, yeah. what they're you're, saying. So, uh, yeah. On the edge, like with your toes curled over the edge to respond. And that's all you're doing. Yeah. You're, not, you're not actually listening. Yeah. I think that's really good because to, to listen to understand means that you want to understand why they think the things that they're thinking. Not just Mm -hmm. like, because to understand means, okay, so what is their complaint? But that oftentimes has to go back further, right? Because like, well, they're complaining about something. I don't know if that's really the issue. What's behind that? Mm -hmm. You know, and I just just had a conversation um, with someone and, and they, and they had, they had a legit complaint. They said, listen, this, Mm -hmm. this is what happened. And that happened. They were accurate in saying what happened. And they said, and it hurt me in this way. And so those are, those are facts. I can't dispute those facts. And so what I had right. to do is go, okay, so, so that's what happened. Now, what was my part in that? And let's talk about what I actually did and where do I need to apologize? You know, and I'm looking, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking for something that I did wrong. I'm not avoiding it. I'm saying like, okay, and I, and I could articulate, I, okay, so clearly I should have done better here and I'm sorry for that. And I, and I want to do better and I want to learn to do better here. Um, and in that conversation, we were we were able to talk about all of it, like right? both this person's feelings and how like some of those feelings uh, are what they are. That they were feelings, and some of that was they were importing to it, right? They were they were sort mm. of like they were reading into things that that weren't there that contributed to some of their feelings. But yet, the beginning of it was the way things happened or how I communicated or didn't communicate still needed to be addressed. So. Trying to understand somebody in their criticisms is gonna is gonna help you. A, if they're being difficult, if they're if they're just completely wrong, listening to understand is going to help you communicate to them better. And then if if they are right, listening to understand is gonna put you in a posture where you can either repent if you need to and apologize or make any changes. Yeah, I think that's good. Absolutely. What about absolutely. you know, we talk about, you know, responding to criticism with prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Um some people would say, listen, before you respond, if, if possible, pray on it, like you yeah. take it to the Lord. Have you found yourself doing that? Like when you get, let's say you get a criticism that's just at this stage, right? We're, we're talking about this stage now that you're old and you've got some dust on you, <laughs> got some, you got some rings in the trunk of that tree. Um, that's right. When, when you get a criticism, do you find yourself saying, I better pray about this before I dismiss it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for sure, and I, and probably need to do that more often and uh, more, you know, with with better discipline. Um, I do uh, find myself in see, kind of seeking my own wisdom almost immediately, and then being reminded that I need to uh, pray. Um, I'm I'm preaching Psalm one nineteen 
47 through 56, I think, this Sunday are the verses. And one of the lines in there, the psalmist says, um, when I rise at midnight, my lips praise you, or something along those lines. And uh, that just, one of the points I make in my sermon for this Sunday is, you know, what is, when I wake up in the middle of the night, the first thing that comes to me is worry. Maybe Mm -hmm. it is a criticism or uh, I know someone, you know, yeah, criticism, you know, however, however that comes about. Um, and, and my first thought is worry, how can I manage this? Um, what are the steps I can take rather than turning to the Lord and saying, okay, Lord, I need your wisdom. You know, James one, he's going to give it to us. And, um, or, or even just Lord help, help my heart in this to not feel, because I think the reason criticism is so hard is because it feels like a personal attack. And many times that may be exactly what it is, but it's something that's deficient within us. And uh, I mean, we have to admit we are deficient. And so, okay, Lord, show me, show me where I am deficient. Show me where I could, um, you know, uh, make changes in my heart and life. Show me where I'm being selfish or being prideful or, you know, those kind of things. And and sometimes, Joe, that's in the moment because right. yep. the criticism is just coming right at us. And 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 rather than trying to think of our defense, it's like, yeah, uh, okay, I'm asking the Lord for wisdom in this moment. You know, I like so, that. How about I, you, man? What are your, I think, yeah. I think that's really good because, um, cause I'll tell you what I, what I tend to do. If, if it's, if let's just say it's criticism and I'm worrying about it, right. Then what I, what's easy to do is to work through it logically. Okay. These are the complaints. Yeah. These are the worst case scenario outcomes. These are the likely scenario outcomes. And this is what I would ideally like to happen. And I can kind of reason myself in such a way and I'm not praying, I'm just kind of working right. it out and it's sort of, you know, it's like a salve, right? It feels better. Maybe I'm managing it. It's like I'm trying to control it. It's much, and it's fine to do that. You probably should do those things, right? Work out scenarios. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. Even in the moment, if you don't have time, before you start doing all of that, just ask the Lord for help. You know, we see um, we, we see guys like Nehemiah doing this, right? In the moment, mm-hmm. like right in the moment, they, they, they pray. Like they, there's no time to... <laughs> find a closet and get down on your knees. Uh, you got to go right to it. And the Lord says, you know, if you need wisdom, ask for it. And guess what? I give it to you. This is right. This is what I do. Yeah. I think that's right. smart. I think um, I, I've definitely, I've learned over the years that I need to do that, um, that I, yeah. I need to pray. And I, honestly, I mean, some people are, people are wired differently and, mm-hmm. um, and we're all defensive in certain scenarios, but uh I've always been a person that that feels criticism, right? And mm-hmm. so because I feel it, uh, I tend to naturally pray about it because I'm a weak and frail man. And so yeah. it's like I, yeah. I pray not because I'm just so committed and dependent upon the Lord. It's like, wow, this is going to yeah. crush me if I don't take this to you, Lord. So help me to understand. Help me to kind of work through this so that I'm more prepared. Because you really do need to be prepared to deal with the criticism, whether it's, whether it's yeah. a legit criticism or not. Your heart needs to be prepared. Otherwise, we're going to blow it on our end. And I, yeah. I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So let's say you pray and, on and, it. What else, what else do you yeah. do to sort of work through yeah. this? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I, even in hearing you say that, is um, God gives us good gifts in others who, like, you're, you're a good gift to me in that way. Obviously. Others who have gone through these things, uh, very obviously. <laughs> Um, yeah. So turning to others who have wisdom, uh, people who have been through what we're yeah. going through, there's always somebody who's a few steps ahead of us in my life. It's guys like yourself, brother pastors here in my area. My, my father-in-law has been a pastor for 40 plus years and he's been through a ton of criticism. And so when I'm, you know, uh, up against something, you know, turning to my brothers, uh, my wife, uh, you know, uh, godly uh, w- women, uh, godly men who who have been there and experienced that, uh, super helpful. So turning turning to that mm. wise counsel that God gives us, you know, uh, again, I have to appeal to my sermon for this Sunday. Uh, you know, there's there's an idea in there about being surrounded by a company that is, you know. Uh, dependent upon the Lord as much as we are. And so you think of Proverbs, you know, he who walks with the wise will yeah. be wise, um, kind of an idea. So wasn't that a Wayne Watson song? 
back in um, the 90s. I remember, I, I think there was a Stephen Curtis Chapman song. Stephen Curtis Chapman. Stephen Curtis Chapman. Yeah. He yeah, who yeah. walks with the wise. Yeah, I remember that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> I, I have I have very fond nostalgic feelings about a lot of that stuff. So so yeah. I like that, right? Because and like you demonstrated, the scripture is replete with this exhortation: "You're too dumb to live alone. You're not even made <laughs> to live alone. You're made to be in community. That's right? Uh, you need other people. If you want to be wise, you walk with the wise. If you want wisdom, you look for into a multitude of counselors. So even yeah. if we know that." When it comes to criticism, I feel like we're hesitant. We're more hesitant to talk about the criticism that we're getting with other people, especially if we respect them mm-hmm. for different reasons. Um, and sometimes if we do get input, we go to the people that are just going to have our back. We just go to our boys good who are going to be like, yeah, yeah man, what they say? They said you preach too long. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know what? If they were spiritually minded, then they wouldn't care if you're preaching <laughs> for two hours. It's like, well. You're, maybe you're just not good enough to preach for that long. <laughs> maybe there's right, right. So yeah. why why do you think it is that we might be slow to to do the very thing you're talking about to get perspective from other mature believers when we're being criticized? What's holding us back from doing that? Perhaps the we, perhaps we don't want to hear that the critic is right <laughs> for sure because we you know we 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 think too highly of ourselves or something along those lines. Yeah. Look, I mean, um, to me, a lot of this comes back to humility. And if, if humility is something you struggle with, which of course all of us to some degree do, but, um, you know, I I just think about the, um, the cataloging in something like the rise and fall of Mars Hill and what you see there when, when, you know, honest, um, you know, constructive criticism because that does come, comes along. And if I just say, no, I'm, I'm the guy and you better fall in line, all that kind of stuff, you know, um, because there, we, it, it just, it, it brings us to the point where we're like, I, I'm not enough when, yeah. when we turn to the, the person who is wise, because I think I can handle it on my own. And so if I don't get the perspective from somebody else, um, you know, I, I need to turn to my wife and say, hey, you know, so and so said this. Do you see that? And I need to hear it if she says yes. Um, you know, so I think there's a, I think there's a pride issue in, in doing sure. that. What do you think, Joe? Is there another other reasons why we are reluctant? I, th- I, th- I think we're just embarrassed sometimes, you know, which mm-hmm. comes to pride. Right. I mean, it, it, that's mm-hmm. that, that's a pride issue. But I, I think that, um, yeah, we're just embarrassed. We, you know, we, we'd rather not talk about it. And th- which is why I think it's important that you you don't share this sort of a stuff with just anybody because it's just mm-hmm. too easy. You go back, you know, you go back, you know, ladies might go back and talk to their girlfriends or guys might go back and talk to their dudes. And these are people that function as lightning rods for us a lot of the time, right? They're just, they're there, they're good, loyal friends, and they're going to allow us to dump and to vent. And that's fine. But what you really need, yeah. it, like you got to have somebody help you think through these things. It was one of the reasons I love, you know, I love Jimmy for a lot of reasons. Um, but one of the things is like, he will, he will be like, nah, dude, you're wrong. I mean, he'll just mm-hmm. tell me, he's like, no, they're, they're right. You, yeah, you need to change that. Um, that's a yeah. fair criticism. And like, and, and, and he, of course he's, he's really kind about it. Right. If it were to happen, he, he says things like, listen, like, you know, they, they, they're missing the bigger picture. They don't understand like, you know, how things might, might've, why they might've happened the way that they did. But, Still, the criticism is legit. You need to address it. You need friends like that that are going to help you yeah. get through it. So I think, you know, with uh, with getting, you know, perspective from other people, there are some basic questions that we need to ask. And this is something that, that I've always talked about with, with training leaders, right? When you're reading a book, listening to a sermon, watching a movie, uh, having an argument with somebody, always ask, is there any way in which they're right? Yes. And is there any way in which they're wrong? Right. And mm-hmm. so like, so like I would say number five is, is, you know, what, if anything is valid in their criticism, is there mm-hmm. anything valid? Well, sometimes there's nothing valid. They're just haters. Um, yeah. and, and, you, and, and in my case, that's usually people come into the church. They're like, this is the best church ever. And then the next week they're like, this church is a satanic cult. They're just trying to mind control everybody. I'm like, all right. The, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really have time for that. I think it's time to leave. But when you're sure. when somebody that's really a part of who you are and maybe they're not maybe sometimes listen we see it in scripture right david talks about this like oh that crazy guy's uh he's insulting me you know what god's allowing him to do it i better mm-hmm. <laughs> better take it all yeah. in for a moment here so i think it's it's a really good habit to ask is there anything valid in their criticism 
And then if there yeah. is like own it, there yep. you've got something that you can apologize for or if you need to or change or tweak mm -hmm. but looking mm -hmm. for because like that's not our tendency to look mm -hmm. for for validity in, in our tendency would be the opposite so i would i mm -hmm. would want to mention that as something like is there anything you know valid in their criticism as well as yeah is there anything like so what's wrong with their criticism because mm -hmm. Again, you want to you want to do both, right? You want to be able to see where they're right, but you also have to be able to see where they're wrong, and be, that's because you might have you will have to address that with them to help them to see something that they're missing in the midst of this. Right? Yeah. How do we um, how do we avoid making excuses when they're they are right? What what are some things that? Well, I mean, are that's helpful? just it's the art of the apology, right? Mm -hmm. which is you 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 have to agree in your mind i am not allowed to make excuses so mm -hmm. it and an excuse would be like i'm trying an excuse is a justification it, mm -hmm. it, an excuse excuses what you did right. and we don't want to do that so i just had this i just had this conversation with a sweet brother that i love right and i know he loves me and so he's like hey man you did this or you didn't do this and like that hurt um so what we, we had a conversation about it. And so the first thing I did was to say, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. I wish I, I mm -hmm. wish I did better and I will do better. And so right. I see that I recognize that I said, for, but at the same time, what I want them to understand is, is like, you got to know that, that I failed there, but I didn't fail because I have hard feelings for you. Yes. You know, yes, I love right. you. And so like, that's yeah. not an excuse. That's, that's uh, like assuring them that like, yeah, so reassurance. Like, yeah. I'm not like, so yes, I blew it, but it wasn't because, you know, I, I don't like you. It's not because I thought ill of you. It's because I wasn't thinking about you. And in that sense, it's even worse. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? If I would have been mm -hmm. thought more thoughtful about you, I wouldn't have done that thing. But yeah. now that you're bringing it up to my attention, I'm able to deal with it. So sometimes it's helpful to, you know, let them know what was happening not to excuse what you did, but to clarify mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. happened. And that is a, that is, yep. that is a fine line, right? You got to be careful there because as soon as you come off as if like, well, listen, I was really tired that day and mm -hmm. you know, I did my best and I'm, you yeah. know, I guess I'm sorry. It, that's not an apology. So right. I, I don't want to make excuses. Um, but sometimes, and I would say it most of the time you don't do that. You know, in this yes. case, I, I, I needed this person to know, that failure was not coming from a place of animosity or, or annoyance. Yeah. It was just coming from a place of thoughtlessness and neglect. So it's still, yeah. that's still on me. But in, I can think of another situation years ago where I had to apologize um, to somebody who does a lot of work for the church and they were hurt by a decision that we made and, and how we just made it and we didn't really communicate it well to this person. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so when I met with them, I was just like, I am sorry. We should have done better. We should have communicated. We know that that was insensitive of us. We, we there was no explanation about any of thing on our end. It was just own it, apologize. Will you forgive us? And we moved on. Yeah. And then you said, you know, um, what if anything is wrong in their criticism? Uh, and we kind of addressed this a little bit, but it, it'd be good to I think dig in a little more. How do we avoid sort of whataboutism in in what's wrong with their criticism. Do you understand what I mean yeah. by that? Like, you know, like now I'm just, I'm pinging back to you because here's where you're wrong, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, again, that's, it's the art of the apology. That's irrelevant. Like what about yeah. them? The whole, what about ism is, you know, and we see this in politics all the time. You yeah. Know? Why do you do this? It's like, why do I do this? Why does he do that? Like, well, that, what is, yeah. that has nothing, there's no bearing. Um, yeah. So I think, again, you have, to, you have to come to a place where you are mature enough or you have mature enough people around you that won't let you do that. You're mm -hmm. not allowed. Like I tell people when, they get, when we're doing pre-marriage, like there are certain things. I, here's what I tell them. You're going to wind up hurting your spouse in ways that you don't think you will. You're right. going to do things you never thought you would. Yeah. Um, and, and just give it time because you will sin against them in ways that you just wouldn't have thought of or wouldn't have thought you ever would go to that place right and it doesn't even have to i'm not talking it's going to be adultery or whatever but we you do things but there you have to agree on the front end. there are certain things that we just never do or say you just mm -hmm. don't right 
and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and so this has to be a, a thing that that in your mind especially if you're a leader like i give a sincere apology and i don't make excuses and i don't do whataboutism it's a separate right. issue and if you own your sin and repent where when it's legit or if you receive a criticism well hopefully those people when you need to go back to them at a different time and say hey listen I'm, I'm seeing this and I, you know, listen, mm-hmm. I know because you saw what I was doing. I, I messed up and I don't want mm-hmm. you to make the same mistake or a similar mistake. And I see you maybe doing this. So, you know, there's a way to approach that. I think that that's good without devolving it into, you know, retaliatory. Uh, what about a stick uh, sort of responses? Sure. Sure. That's good. What about our standing with God as we're receiving criticism? How does that help us? Yeah. Can you think of any books that might uh, that might speak to that? Um, the, I mean, the Bible? The Bible <laughs> is a pretty consistent message, yeah. right? Like, God loves you. God right. knows you. Those people don't know you. Yeah. And, and maybe they do know you, and they're offering you criticism, and you feel really hurt. Like, and, you, and let's say you messed up. Okay. But God knows yeah. you and he loves yeah. you and your standing is the same. Yeah. Like, and the reason that's important, I think, in part is because we tend to think like, oh, when I do mess up and the criticism is very legit, you feel mm-hmm. like a failure, maybe because you yeah. failed. Yeah. And then you have this feeling, this sense of like, wow, I feel like a loser. Even if you don't articulate it, it's not hard for you to then assume that God is looking at you like a loser, Right. And the doctrine of justification says, no, he, he doesn't. Of course, he knows our sins, but he, but he is a perfect father. He always loves us. He understands us, and, and he doesn't see us as a loser. He sees us as his son. He is pleased with us because mm-hmm. we are in Christ. You know, I, somebody asked me recently, um, what is a really good book for pastors? And he gave me a specific situation, and I thought of Jared Wilson's book, I think it's called the pastor's justification. Mm-hmm. Did you read that? I, I have not read <sighs> that. Yeah. Jared, pay, pay attention. <laughs> pay attention. Doctoral, do, a, 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 a former doctoral student, now a PhD from Midwestern. Yeah. Did not read that book. I'll tell you this. Yeah. It's one of the best things he's written. Yeah. It's a I need to get very it. good. I actually book. might have it. I just haven't read it. Yeah. And for good. a guy who probably would admit, like, I write a lot of the same stuff, right? Because we tend to have a particular mm-hmm. wheelhouse that we work in and then we apply it to different things. Man, that's a good book. And I recommended that because that's a book that really hits on this point, right? God loves you. He accepts you mm-hmm. and he causes all things to work together for your good because you've been called according to his purposes. You, because you love him, because he first loved you. Like, this criticism is going to be for your good, your benefit, yeah. whether it's fair or unfair. Yeah. I think remembering your justification yeah. is critical. Yeah, critical. And 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 uh, what you just said right there is the sanctification piece as well. This is yeah. for your good. Um, this idea that God is going to use it. I, I was, you know, in in uh, just getting some counsel from one of the gals in our church. Uh, in a particular situation where she's, you know, uh, counseling and spending time with one of the other gals in our church, and just where some of that stuff has has crossed into my lanes, um, it was just good to hear from her, like that perspective, as we were talking about things like these people who are involved in this need to be thinking about how God is using this for their good, for His glory, obviously but for their sanctification, the way in which God is growing them closer to him and more dependent upon him. And I think that if we, I mean, so part of this as in, in ministry especially is just going into meetings knowing that criticism may possibly come. Like, this, you know, I, I don't like to go into meetings blind, like, yeah. you know, blind. Uh, I, I often ask people like, hey, what are we going to meet about? Same. Um, but if they're unwilling to give that, which is their prerogative, you know, um, I'm still going to meet with them. I have to go in with this mindset of, um, like we said earlier, not going in defensive. But I think that's the n- negative, if you will, the positive. Okay, God, what are you going to teach me through this? Yeah. How are you going to grow me through this process? Uh, how am I going to be, you know, like in the sense of justification, reminded that you love me, reminded that your son gave his life for me um, and that he was criticized as well. And so he's my example. He's my, you know, he is the pioneer of my faith. 
in, we, in a practical sense, yeah, holy yeah. like Jesus. You cut I'm off. being made holy. You, you cut off just for a little oh, bit there. So, um, we okay, just, sorry. Your audio sounded great, but right there we lost we lost part of your sentence. But you know, you were talking about um, that you're you're learning in your sanctification in this process, like you're you're uh, you're you're being changed, and you know it, it brought to mind like when we look at the at the men and women that we respect, and we go look at them, godly, mm-hmm. strong. Mm-hmm. How much criticism do you think they've had in their life? Yeah. We don't think we think like no they don't get criticism because they're so godly. And I think we need to learn like no part of the process by which God has grown them to become mature is through receiving criticism. Like that's been yeah, a part of their right. path. It's been a part of their journey. Now one of the things that yeah. you, you said specifically was is like asking what is God teaching me? And that's another thing that we we need to be working with. So it, I think it's help it probably helpful for us to not just say like okay, what's God teaching me? But like we should probably be looking very specifically, right? At like, okay, uh, what are the areas that God might be teaching us in, in the midst of receiving a, a a criticism? What are what are some things that we should be looking for? Like, is God teaching me A, B, or C? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, certainly uh, humility is one of those things yeah. that we've mentioned a few times throughout uh, this podcast. Um, you know, uh, I I very easily can set, my, uh, set myself up on a pedestal and just, okay, God, teach me humility through through this uh, process. What, what yeah. are some other things, Joe? Yeah, I I just think just to, to stay on that, I mean, am I, am I, have I been proud? Am I being proud? Like maybe God, maybe God wants to show me. I mean, listen, the apostle Paul had to be taught mm. by the Lord that he was proud. He had yeah. to be... God had to humble him. I mean, and yes, we all humble ourselves by God's grace, but sometimes he has to humble us. And sometimes that comes through criticism. So I, yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a really good point. I think patience is, is something that is really important. Like, wow, is God teaching me to be patient here? Uh, mm-hmm. Patient with people. Maybe you're not patient with people. Maybe you're not patient with yeah. some people. No, right, God's right. allow. Yeah. like, why would God allow this person to criticize you? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and maybe you don't deserve the criticism. Okay, so then what? What's he teaching you? He's maybe well, maybe one of the things he's teaching you is like you know what? Uh, you need to be patient with this person in the same way that God is patient with you, because you're mm-hmm. stupid sometimes. You say dumb things. You know, you you are insolent toward God at times, but God is yeah. always patient. He's been so patient with us, and Amen. in yeah. all of these scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, as well. In part of patience and humility is perseverance. That we're yeah. we're learning how to live through. I think about the Psalms a lot. You know, as David is facing criticism, or you know, somebody chasing him to kill him. You know, he's yeah. like, uh, "The Lord is my strong tower. The Lord mm-hmm. is to to who uh, you know I, I turn to." And um, yeah, just this idea of um, God is. Uh, and I, I believe that God perseveres us to the end, and, and he uses means. And some of those means are the, the hard and difficult times or the times where he's humbling us mm-hmm. or teaching us patience. So Yeah, because like some of us just want to quit, right? And, not, and maybe mm-hmm. not that you're going to quit ministry, but maybe you, maybe that's the temptation. But like mm-hmm. to just quit whatever you're trying to do. Oh, I got criticized. Well, just forget it then. I mean, I can't yeah, yeah. Everybody's People aren't digging it. It's like, well, just hang on. So yeah, you could get better. Nah, that's really good. That's don't, really good. Don't quit. Yeah. All right. So here, yeah. we, so so far we've talked about don't get defensive. Right. Try to be teachable. Mm-hmm. Listen to understand. Mm-hmm. Right. Try to take it yeah. in. Uh, pray on it. Uh, number four, get some perspective from other people, godly people that aren't just going to have your back when you're getting mm-hmm. uh, getting some pushback. Uh, what if anything is valid in the criticism? Uh, what if anything is wrong in their criticism? Number seven, remember your justification. Number eight, learn in your sanctification and lean into that because God's going to be changing you through it. Number nine, uh, ask specifically, what is God teaching me here? Like, listen, this is why journaling is so good. I like journaling because it Mm. forces you to articulate your meditative thoughts and the scriptures that you're taking in. But number 10, um, I think sometimes in the midst of this, you're going to have to decide, is it time for conversation or is it time for confrontation? Because... Mm -hmm. I think most of the time it's time for conversation when I'm, when there's criticism, mm-hmm. we're just going to talk about mm-hmm. it. But sometimes there are wicked people who go after you 
and mm-hmm. and their criticism is really more than criticism right it, maybe it takes the form of criticism but what they're really trying to do is gossip or they're trying to sow mm-hmm. uh, you know um some sort of discord in the church so is there if if we can say on the front end yes it, as a general rule the vast majority of the time when there's criticism it invites and should be met with a conversation uh, that would involve, you know, confession if that's necessary. But sometimes it requires confrontation. When when do you think it might require a confrontation where you are you wind up rebuking the person who brings the criticism? And I'm 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 cautious about saying this because that really was yeah. more of the Mark Driscoll, the pastor can't be wrong. How dare you bring yeah. this charge against me? It's like it's not a charge, man. It's a it's a criticism. It's it's a concern. Like you know. So right. when is there a point, yeah. and and when is that yeah. point when you would you would re- respond instead of with a conversation to a confrontation? I think it depends on who the person is. You brought up a scenario earlier about somebody who shows up one week, and this is the best church since you know uh, the Jerusalem church in Acts, um, and then next week they're just you know you're you're the church of Satan or whatever. Um, which maybe the tattoos, Joe, I don't know. It, but, there's a um, lot of, there's a lot of, I have, there's a lot of tells that this is a yeah. satanic cult and, and that's, that's, that's one of them. But, you know, I think it depends on who the person is. Is this somebody who is trusted, who again, isn't just a yes man. In fact, that's what makes them trusted is that they're willing to bring those criticisms to you. Um, and, and, um, so on the one hand, it depends on the person, maybe even if it's the right person, but the wrong situation, it may be, Hey, you're a little too close to this situation. I trust you, but, but, um, you know, there, there's, there's something about this particular situation that, that is going to give you a skewed perspective on it. So I'm, I'm going to stop you right there and say, I, I need to hear from somebody else, this criticism, because it's too, you're too close to this. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, I think that, uh, uh, so in the first case, again, the person, um, just to give an example, one Sunday, we, we used to have Sunday night church and I was preaching through and some visitors came and it was very clear that they were disinterested in what I was doing. I mean, our Sunday night was like, you know, 15 people, uh, a few hymns and me preaching for 45 minutes and, and, um, you know, they were in the back yawning and stretching. I'm like, why are you even here? You know? And, and, and the guy at the end who was clearly kind of the ringleader of these three people kind of confronted me and critic critiqued and criticized our Sunday evening service. Like, Hey, the spirit's not here. You know, my friends were falling asleep and you know, the spirit of God is not in this church. It's not in hardly any church in Peoria, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, dude, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the I'm like you, have no, oh my goodness. you have no, you have no say in this church or any other church in Peoria unless you're a covenant member of that church. So you just need to leave. You know, that was a confrontational moment because of the person and the situation. Yeah. That's you know? a self-appointed had, prophet. That's what that is. Absolutely. That's a discernment yeah, 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 blogger yeah. who has no qualifications yeah. to be talking about anything. <laughs> exactly. And, and uh, but, you know, if it were the little old lady who's been coming to our church for 40 years, you know, right. before I was ever born or whatever, and she's coming to me and saying something, that's going to have a different, Right. Effect on me, you know. So those are a couple of scenarios I can think of confrontation versus conversation. I I like that because you you, you actually nuanced it. That confrontation doesn't always mean blowing somebody up. It just means saying like, listen, you're coming at this the wrong way. And, and what I want to do is I want to bring some people into this and you can bring some mm-hmm. people in so that to keep it, to keep everybody safe. I want you to feel good about this as good as you can, because you're just wrong. The only thing I would add to that, and I know that this is sort of the no brainer one, but listen, if somebody, whether they're in your church or not, cause sometimes people change and they're like, uh, they're, they're, they're criticizing you because of the, the gospel that you preach because of the doctrine that that right. church holds right. to at that point. Yeah. It's like, look, man, this is who we are. This is what we're about. Yeah. You know, if that's if that's if that's your criticism, then we're not changing. This is yeah. This is orthodoxy. This is what we're about. Yeah. You're probably gonna need to to make some big changes here or <laughs> or relocate because I have I have another story. Yeah. No, <laughs> I want to exactly. hear it. So our church is situated at the corner of a major interstate and a major thoroughfare in Peoria. So we get everybody. <laughs> knocks on our door. So one Sunday night, again, and we don't have Sunday nights anywhere. I, I had a friend who came in to give a concert, really great singer, great guitarist. And at the end I gave the gospel 
And a guy had approached me beforehand. He said, hey, I'm traveling around to churches interviewing pastors. You know, I've got my video camera. Would you mind doing an interview? And uh, at the end, you dummy, um, what I <laughs> you were like, yeah, uh, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Okay. But what I came what it, what it, what I came to find out was this guy was a hyper Calvinist. Mm. And he actually told me to repent of calling people to repent. <laughs> so embarrassing. And man. I was like, this conversation is over. And I just walked away. <laughs> and uh, he actually stood there with like this disbelief on his face that I would do that. I'm like, dude, yeah. you're who are you, man? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I'll just say this. Baptists aren't Methodists. We'll fight you. Yeah. All right. Like, I mean, not, I, I'm just saying, like, not all Baptists, but like, I'm just saying, like, right, right. again, like our Presbyterian yeah. brothers, you know, they they live in like McMansions and they're, you know, yeah. uh, metaphorically, I'm speaking metaphorically, they live in their like nice house, you know, and, you know, they, they disagree and they drop the monocle out of their eye and they say, how dare you? Uh, <laughs> Baptists live in the trailer. We'll, we'll right. come out wearing a, a, a tank top T-shirt oh, yep, and uh, yep. we will fight you with a beer in our hand. Yeah. Metaphorically yeah. is what I'm saying. Metaphorically. <laughs> As right. he smokes a cigar. <laughs> As I said, well, listen, uh, it's been, well, every day is a day, but uh, that's yeah, right. Man, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, listen, yeah. Jason, I love you. You're such a good friend. You're such love a good you too, person. Brother. Appreciate your ministry. Thanks, if people want to follow you online, it's Dugilla, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Dugilla, and it's D-O-O-G-I-L-L-A. Maybe the best username uh, out there. I think that's just <laughs> Last great. name backwards. Yeah, that's yeah. just Alligood backwards. Uh, love that. So they can follow you there. And what's your website? Uh, JasonBAlligood.com. All yeah. right. Go there. Check out his writings. If you're in Peoria, be sure and say hello. Um, Jason, we'll have you back on again. We want to talk more about glory and glorification. We had a great conversation last time. We want to get deeper into that. So, um, yeah. And let me just say, listen, if you are new to Doctrine and Devotion, we drop episodes every Monday and Thursday. And uh, we're moderately active on social media. So you can find us at Doc and Devo on Twitter, Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can visit our website, DoctrineAndDevotion.com. But if you want to support the podcast and you really like what we're doing here, uh, you can support us by joining All Access. You can go to DoctrineAndDevotion.com slash All Access or on your phone, right there on your phone, if you're listening to this, you can just scroll down where you're listening to it and there'll be a support this podcast link. You click that, you can sign up for All Access and that allows us to pull off some really cool stuff uh, and to keep this going. Stay tuned for a conference, a fall conference in 2023. We'll be announcing that in the future. Thanks for listening. God bless. And when you get criticized, take it in, take a breath, pray, and respond accordingly. God bless. Mm-hmm.